Good evening, everyone. To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number two. I'll read the first verse. A glorious day is dawning, and o'er the waking earth, the heralds of the morning are springing into birth. In dark and hidden places, there shines the blessed light. The beam of truth displaces the darkness of the night. Hymn number two. If you would like to follow along with the readings, please go to our website, and on the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast. Click on that, and then look for the place that says, click here for the text of the Wednesday readings. Our theme for tonight is 
Divine love corrects and governs man. A quote from Mary Baker Eddy. And the readings will now be given by Amanda from Missouri. Song. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. Joel. Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your heart, and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I send among you. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. Mark the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, Many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon, answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, 
and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, Into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, Peace be to this house, and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Acts As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house, and hailing men and women, committed them to prison, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And Ananias went his way, and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed, and said, Is not this he that destroyed them, which called on this name in Jerusalem, and came hither for that intent, that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Saul increased them more in strength, and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this 
is very Christ. Lamentations This I recall to my mind. Therefore, have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Let us search and try our ways, and turn again to the Lord. I called upon thy name, O Lord. Thou hast heard my voice. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidst, Fear not. O Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. Isaiah But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. I will now read correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and from Prose Works, all by Mary Baker Eddy. Divine love corrects and governs man. Men may pardon, but this divine principle alone reforms the sinner. God is love. More than this, we cannot ask. Higher, we cannot look. Farther, we cannot go. Divine love reforms, regenerates, giving to human weakness strength, serving as admonition, instruction, and governing all that really is. You hold yourself superior to sin because God made you superior to it and governs man is true wisdom. To fear sin is to misunderstand the power of love and the divine science of being in man's relation to God, to doubt his government and distrust his omnipotent care. To hold yourself superior to sickness and death is equally wise and is in accordance with divine science. To fear them is impossible when you fully apprehend God and know that they are no part of his creation. Man, governed by his maker, having no other mind, planted on the evangelist statement that all things were made by him, the word of God, and without him was not anything made that was made, can triumph over sin, sickness, and death. The olden opinion that hell is fire and brimstone has yielded somewhat to the metaphysical fact that suffering is a thing of mortal mind instead of body. So in place of material flames and odor, mental anguish is generally accepted as the penalty for sin. Some people never repent until earth gives them such a cup of gall that conscience strikes home. Then they are brought to realize how impossible it is to sin and not suffer. All the different phases of error in human nature, the reformer must encounter and help to eradicate. 
this period is not essentially one of conscience. You feel and live now as when this nation began, and our forefathers' prayers blended with the murmuring winds of their forest home. This is a period of doubt, inquiry, speculation, selfishness, of divided interests, marvelous good, and mysterious evil. But sin can only work out its own destruction, and reform does and must push on the growth of mankind. Love for mankind is the elevator of the human race. It demonstrates truth and reflects divine love. Good is divinely natural. Evil is unnatural. It has no origin in the nature of God, and he is the father of all. The great Galilean prophet was, is, the reformer of reformers. His piety partook not of the travesties of human opinions, pagan mysticisms, tribal religion, Greek philosophy, creed, dogma, or materia medica. The divine mind was his only instrumentality in religion or medicine. Jesus cast out evil, disease, death, showing that all suffering is commensurate with sin. Therefore, he cast out devils and healed the sick. Love atones for sin through love that destroys sin. His rod is love. We cannot remake ourselves, but we can make the best of what God has made. We can know that all is good because God made all, and that evil is not a fatherly grace. God pities our woes with the love of a father for his child, not by becoming human and knowing sin or not, but by removing our knowledge of what is not. He could not destroy our woes totally if he possessed any knowledge of them. His sympathy is divine, not human. It is truth's knowledge of its own infinitude, which forbids the genuine existence of even a claim to error. This knowledge is light, wherein there is no darkness, not light holding darkness within itself. The consciousness of light is like the eternal law of God, revealing him and nothing else. When examined in the light of divine science, mortals present more than is detected upon the surface, since inverted thoughts and erroneous beliefs must be counterfeits of truth. Thought is borrowed from a higher source than matter, and by reversal, errors serve as waymarks to the one mind in which all error disappears in celestial truth. The 20th century, in the ebb and flow of thought, will challenge the thinkers, speakers, and workers to do their best. Whoever attempts to ostracize Christian science will signally fail, for no one can fight against God and win. Nothing dethrones his house. You are dedicating yours to him. Protesting against error you unite with all who believe in truth. God guard and guide you.
in this lofty temple dedicated to God and humanity, may the prophecy of Isaiah be fulfilled. Fear not. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Carol, will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 162. The words of this hymn are written by Mary Baker Eddy. It matters not what be thy lot, so love doth guide. For storm or shine, pure peace is thine, whate'er be tied. Hymn number 162.
Good evening and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our Wednesday evening testimony meeting for Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. Everyone is welcome here. At all of our services and meetings, we read from the King James Version of the Bible and from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. We actually have quite a wonderful outreach from our church, much of which is from our various websites, and many of those are in other foreign languages. And as a result, people across the globe are finding God's healing and inspired word in their own language. And we're thankful for each and every one of you who have found it. I'd like to encourage everyone to browse through our websites because it's actually quite amazing how much material we are offering. And it's all healing and inspiring material. And it all comes free of charge. And it also comes with the love of this church. I'd like to point out a couple of items we're now featuring on the homepage of our English website. One of them is an article entitled, Man, Arbiter of His Own Fate, by Mary Baker Eddy. A very good article, highly recommended. And also on our homepage, we have a section called Noteworthy News. And periodically, it's updated with new entries. There has been a new entry put on there recently. Everybody should check it out. It's amazing, amazingly inspired. Uh, join us every Sunday morning here. We start Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning with our roundtable discussion. We follow that with our church service at 11 o'clock. We also offer a Sunday school for children, which meets every Sunday at 11 o'clock in the morning. Our Sunday school has a teleconference feature dedicated exclusively for the Sunday school, which enables students to attend our Sunday school by telephone. And indeed, many of the students do so because they don't live in the area. What this means is your child also can attend our Sunday school by telephone, regardless of where you live. Call up the church, we'll give you the number for the Sunday school, and we would love to welcome your child there. <laughs> One more announcement before we go on. Uh, the next Bible study is coming up fairly soon. It's going to occur on Saturday, April 29th at 10 o'clock in the morning. The Bible study questions are already on the website. So check out the Bible study questions. Mark your calendar for Saturday, April 29th, and join us at 10 o'clock in the morning for a very rousing Bible study. <clears throat> I will now read from the Church Manual by Mary Baker Eddy, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul, Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. 
more than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ, who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or of suffering, though the generic name of the disease may be indicated. Now, for everyone who gives a testimony tonight, we kindly ask that you keep it within four minutes. This will give everybody else the opportunity to share their offering tonight. And for those who are on the teleconference, when you're ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. And also keep in mind when you do so, we're going to be able to hear you and any other sounds that your telephone picks up so please be in a quiet place. And I will call on each of you one at a time by name. And our meeting is now open for sharing testimonies of healing through Christian science. Elizabeth from New Hampshire. Elizabeth from New Hampshire. Go ahead. Yes, good evening, and thank you so much for those wonderful readings tonight. So inspiring. I would like to express my gratitude for all the wonderful things I've learned at the Plainfield Christian Science Church roundtables regarding impersonalizing evil. Evil is in fact not real and has no power except the power that we give it. This leads me to testify about an opportunity that I had to see events impersonally and to forgive recently. When we forgive genuinely and with the help of God, we truly forget the wrongs that have been done us. I had an experience a couple months ago where a person who claimed herself to have a disorder involving mood swings was very angry with me. She was very rude and even resorted to name-calling. It was very tempting for me to believe this picture of her, but because of my study of Christian science and its wonderful daily applicable truths that I have learned, I was able to see that any personal feelings of hurt or self-pity for her treatment of me were not a part of me any more than the anger was a part of her. I was able to see very clearly and in a very short time that this behavior was not personally belonging to her, but just impersonal error trying to cling to her and me for life. Because of understanding this, I was able to remain calm even under this besiege. I was able to know what was true about her and see her in her true depict and earnestly feel compassion for her and want the best for her. Last week I ran into her, and I'm sure it showed on my face how genuinely happy I was to see her. We exchanged very kind words. I was ever so grateful for this practical application of the truth that Mary Baker Eddy and Jesus Christ have taught us. In this week's lesson, Mary Baker Eddy tells us in Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, quote, Christian science commands man to master the propensities, to hold hatreds in abeyance with kindness, to conquer lust with chastity, revenge with charity, and to overcome deceit with honesty. Choke these errors in their early stages if you would not cherish an army of conspirators against health, happiness, and success, unquote. I am so grateful for Christian science and for the Plainfield Church 
and for all of these wonderful healing meetings. Thank you so much, and good night. Thank you. Yeah, this is Bruce, and I'd like to thank Amanda for the fine readings. And I'm so grateful that the story of Paul was in there, because for many years I've been so impressed with his question, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Because it's given me the picture of someone who finally realizes nothing else in this world works except for God's will, and my place is to conform to that. And uh, I had an experience the other day which showed God's love, and I was so happy. I was an appointment with somebody in, a, in another city. I actually had to drive to where this person lived, which was in an apartment building in a busy downtown area. So I was on my way there, and I was thanking God that he was helping me find the way to get there. So the next thing to do was to find a place to park so I could get out and go to my appointment. And there were cars all over the place, up in the streets and everywhere. But wouldn't you know it, there was one vacant spot right in front of the front door of this building. So here I am thanking God again that he opened the way for me. So the other thing I had to do was to get inside the building, which meant I get into the first set of front door, and then there's a device on the wall there where I'm supposed to call the party, and they're supposed to either come down or buzz me in. But as I'm standing there looking at the instructions I had to do, somebody from inside the building was coming out and opened up the door for me. So here again, I'm thanking God that he opened the way. And I just felt that it was a wonderful reminder for me that, you know, God's love is ever-present, and it is here. And not only for me, but for everyone, of course. So I'm very grateful for this experience that showed that you know, God was really in charge all along, and his will was being done, and it made me very humbly thankful for that. Jeremy. A recent computer update broke some of the custom programs that Linda and I use to make videos. My first gratitude is for the fact that this issue did not happen on a Wednesday or Sunday. I was able to have plenty of time to check into it without feeling rushed. And the next thing I'm grateful for is that when I went to figure out the issue and research possible fixes, I knew to first pray that I would be quickly led to the right answer. Sure enough, within a very short time, I had what was needed, and all that was left was implementing it. That process also went smoothly. I then took the time to reacquaint myself with these programs and re remember with gratitude how I was only able to write them because of the clear thinking and inspiration that I have gained from Christian Science. What a blessing. I'm very grateful to be a member of this church and for all I am learning here about Christian Science and for how this science is a practical help in all situations. Even technical issues bow before the Christ. I'm very grateful for practitioner support these many years, which have allowed me to understand this science more and more and to do this work and be useful to God. Thank you. 
And now we have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. Tonight I wanted to thank the holy and pure practitioners at this church for their beautiful work. I was recalling today a lesson I learned a couple of years ago while studying here at Plainfield Independent. I've given this testimony before, but I'd like to share it again. Work was scarce in Australia a couple of years ago due to the extended lockdowns, but we were very blessed because even in such difficult conditions, God found us a job. There were some red flags to the employment, however. The moral character of the employers was dubious, but we had to explore this opportunity. So we went forward, putting our hand in God's. I listened every moment I had to the recordings by our holy practitioners here. And starting this job, I said in my heart, Oh dear Father, really, is this odious environment the place where you want me to work? In thought, it came back immediately the words of our dear leader, Mary Baker Eddy, quote, Never breathe an immoral atmosphere unless in the attempt to purify it. End quote. So I had my answer, and I obediently started that job, clinging to that quote. Well, I stayed working there a couple of months, and it was very beneficial. Whenever I saw immorality in that organisation, I would just come back to that statement and know that these people could be purified. They could be uplifted, and that the immoral conversations that permeated the office would just stop. And it was wonderful to see. Three people who I was working with were quite uplifted by this thought and would often thank me randomly and sincerely in different ways for helping them. The recordings by Plainfield Independent helped me so much. I really wasn't in the position to resign and so I humbly pushed on. One Friday afternoon, as I was wrapping up my desk to get ready for Monday, I just had the most sweetest message in thought. It was gentle and peaceful. The thought came... Why don't you just pack up your desk as if you were not coming back to this job? So I quietly packed up my desk as if I wasn't coming back, and I came home loaded with all my stuff. I felt really peaceful and told my husband all about this when I got home. He was very supportive, and we read something together. It's from Love Your Enemies by Mary Baker Eddy, quote, The best lesson of their lives is gained by crossing swords with temptation with fear and the besetments of evil, insomuch as they thereby have tried their strength and proven it, insomuch as they have found their strength made perfect in weakness, and their fear is self-immolated. End quote. My husband then told me that this employer had placed a job ad for my very job, so they were actually planning to sack me anyhow. We prayed about it, and he walked me up to that office to resign on the Monday. Afterwards, we went out for a sandwich together. As we were eating, he was called by a recruiter who told him that she needed him to start work immediately and also asked if he knew anyone who could start on the same day with him. So he put me on the phone, and we both found ourselves starting a new job on the same day, working side by side in a lovely environment, running the Leadership Assessment Centre for a large Australian employer. It was such a great job, a pure atmosphere of lovely people, and we had a good old time. Well, since then, we have always had all the work we have needed, because we now have learnt truly who we work for. 
We work for God and he will place us where he wants us to go. I'm so grateful for God's pure Christian science. Thank you to our Lord God Almighty. Thank you, dear Christ Jesus. And thank you, Mary Baker Eddy. And so much love to you all, dearest Plainfield Independent. And now we have a testimony from Izzy in England. Good evening. I would like to express my sincere gratitude for Christian Science. It is the best way to live. And actually, it's also the only way to live, I think. I am filled with gratefulness for the Plainfield website and the incredible array of superb writings that can be found there. I never fail to find something helpful and useful. It was at the Wednesday testimony meeting, I think two weeks ago, that the article Place was discussed. I found this article by Mary Baker Eddy, or attributed to Mary Baker Eddy, so helpful on several occasions. And it's become one of those articles that has helped me to mould my general outlook and the way that I try to live with the goal of keeping Christian science at the forefront of my every event and every moment. Again, a huge thanks to Plainfield for making this article available. I very much doubt I would have found it if it was not for this church's amazing website and incredible foresight. The mention of the article caused me to read it again, and it is helping me once more in a current challenge that I have of finding somewhere new. And I look forward to sharing the full testimony once everything has unfolded in perfect time, as I am sure that it will. Some months ago, while walking my dogs, I met a couple. We started chatting and we ended up walking together as we were all heading in the same direction. The husband told me they were desperately trying to buy a house in our village. They wanted to be near his wife's parents, who were already here. But also, there's a great community spirit and many people have moved here just to be a part of that. It truly is God's spiritual village, in God's spiritual landscape, which is what I tell it every night on my late night dog walk, on which I seem to get so much thinking and working done. When he told me about their house search, God reminded me about what I had read in the article Place. And I told him, that the house they were looking for was as excited about them finding it as they were about finding the house. He stopped walking for a moment and he said, that is such a lovely thought. I met them again a couple of weeks ago and they told me they have just had an offer accepted on a house in the village. It's two doors away from her parents and it could not be more perfect. I am so very grateful to God for how this has worked out. And although I didn't do anything beyond telling him that, I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity. I would also like to send my congratulations and my appreciation to, I think it is Tony, who has built the website whoismarybakereddy.com. I spent some time on it today and it was most inspiring. Thank you so much for taking the time to commemorate our dear leader and to counteract the lies that have been spread about her. I would not like to think of living a life without Mrs Eddy's incredible discovery, 
and I am so very grateful to her for everything that she did in bringing it to us. Thank you to everyone at Plainfield and much love to you all. Thank you. Lenny from North Carolina, go ahead. Hi and good evening. Um, thank you, Amanda, for those amazing readings tonight. They were just superb. Um, I was thinking of the importance of gratitude in healing and how it's stressed quite often in our roundtables, uh, how important that is. When I was reading this week, there's an article on the, the website called Happiness and Love by Bicknell Young, where he says, uh, many a patient has been healed by simply learning to be glad, by learning to be grateful. It isn't reasonable to expect God to dwell with us unless we can offer him a dwelling place, so to speak, freed from ingratitude and unhappiness. And I thought, wow, um, it reminded me actually of a healing I had as a child that really shows the power of gratitude in preparing thought for healing. Um, I had been out playing in the cold um, hadn't worn a hat and wasn't really bothered by not wearing a hat at the time. I was thoroughly enjoying myself. But after I came in, as the hours passed, I, I found that one of my ears became extremely painful. And it, the pain just kept increasing, and I was becoming quite frightened by it, actually. So my mom had called up the practitioner that used to help us when I was a kid, and she told me that she wanted me to speak with her. Um, I will say the practitioner that I had as a kid reminds me a lot of the practitioners that we have here at Plainfield. Uh, she was very strong, very fierce in the truth, and she always spoke as one who, you know, had a deep conviction in, in authority, um, really understood Christian science. It was interesting because I don't recall all the things that she said, but I remember as she started to speak, the, the love and the conviction that what she spoke with it just, it caused this wave of gratitude to flow over me. And I remember it to this day. It was just, it was just like a, a wash of gratitude. And I remember just feeling so grateful that she was there, so grateful that she was willing to help me. Um, it was, you know, they talk about being infused with a feeling. That's, that's how I felt. And I, all, all I can say is by the time we were done speaking, I realized that at some point, the pain in my ear, it was just completely gone. It was switched off, not a residual trace left. And I just, it, it was really a really dramatic and, and humbling experience, which I've never forgotten, obviously, to this day. So I'm often reminded of that when we, we speak of gratitude. And I'm reminded of that, too, when I find myself starting to complain or convince about things that, you know, that's not the mental atmosphere that that allows, you know, the healing, you know, it's not the ground that Jesus talks about that is prepared for healing. So I'm uh, very grateful for that healing. I'm very grateful to practitioners in this church who understand and convey to us often uh, the, ne the necessity for gratitude. And of course, I'm very grateful for Mrs. Eddie and Christ Jesus, who showed us that we can always be grateful for something, uh, despite what the census tells us going on around us. So grateful for everyone in this church and for all the wonderful testimonies so far tonight. Thank you all. Thank you. Mishaila from Canada. Go ahead. Good evening, everyone. Thank you, Amanda, 
for the readings. I love that from Isaiah, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. This gives so much security and um, love for God. A few days ago, I was thinking of how in the past three years there was much uncertainty and fear in the world from this so-called dangerous virus. Meanwhile, it is not in the news anymore so much as it was before. Life has gone back to a more normal standard in regard to this issue. So much that I had almost forgotten about it. But it came to my mind, and I realized that this issue has gone by like a bad storm. While one is in the storm, it feels intense. But after the storm, the sun shines again. The sun, in fact, was always present, but the clouds hit the sun as fear hides God. Thinking about it, gratitude arose in me. Gratitude that this viral storm has passed. I am extremely thankful to have come through this time without harm and without even having to have the vaccination. The latter was at times not easy to attain as most people didn't understand that relying on God is an option. I kept my head low. I abode to all the rules that were set out and waited until the storm had passed. I am grateful for that divine protection, for Jesus Christ, for showing us the way away from fear and disease, for Mary Baker Eddy for rediscovering this universal truth that man is the image of the pure God. And I am so grateful for the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent for guiding me and many in this time of trial the last three years. Thank you all for the activities like the roundtable services, testimony meetings, all the wonderful testimonies, the resources on the website about contagion, for example, epidemic vaccination, and the love of the Liberator edition from September 2021 called Only God is Contagious. This is and was a treasure in the fight against contagion of fear. And it will be there for me and everyone to read, study, and get infected by truth today and tomorrow. Thank you. Linda. Thank you very much for the readings tonight and the music. I want to express my gratitude for our weekly roundtables that are rich with practical Christian science and healing. 
Last Sunday, April 16th, the roundtable titled The Alabaster Box, I received a healing. I uh, had been suffering from a st stomach issue, uh, pain, and other symptoms for 24 hours and was unable to eat regularly. After the roundtable, I had several snacks and all the other symptoms of stomach issues, the problems I was having, disappeared, and I was able to do all the work I needed to do at church and a full day of work at home afterward and ate a normal meal that night. I also left that roundtable with new views and peace, and I highly recommend that people go back and listen to it if they haven't heard it. You can find it in the drop-down menu under Lessons, the current uh, roundtable, and also there were beautiful articles shared, one up on the Healing Mind uh, by the author with the last name McCracken, and that can be found under our articles under various authors, and they were beautiful and very healing. I'm very grateful to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Gary. Thank you, Amanda, for those uh, fine readings on how God teaches us and how God governs us, whether we think we want it or not. <laughs> it makes me very grateful for learning uh, in Christian science in this church that one of the most valuable skills we can cultivate in ourselves is the skill of listening for God's voice and obeying it. I uh, have been learning that God has a plan for a destiny for each one of us that is far better than anything we could humanly come up with. Um, much of my life before I came to Plainfield, even shortly after, um, I had some preconceived notions about what, uh, what I thought I needed in order to have a good life, you know, a certain kind of job or certain things to accomplish or certain things to acquire in order to be happy. And I also came here thinking that it was important for people to approve of me. And that's, uh, that's a real trap. <laughs> And I can remember that when I was driven by those things, uh, I had my worst problems. I often had to retrace my steps and uh, learn some tough lessons. Um, even when I acquired the things I thought I wanted, the happiness lasted about 30 minutes and uh, really never gave me a sense of purpose in my life. So I quickly, uh, I quickly learned that lesson. But uh, Christian science has taught me that God knows better than I do, or anyone else, what's right for me. And that means doing for others, giving, helping others, and doing it with a smile on my face. And when I have willingly done what God has asked me to do um, in that regard. God has provided everything I've ever needed. Um, 
everything. Um, and I have learned to be satisfied with that. As the last hymn we sang was titled. <laughs> and I'm grateful to say that I am much more uh, stable, I guess, and more secure, uh, knowing that God really is in control and grateful for it. Um, in Isaiah, we can read Isaiah 1, verse 19, reads, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. And it doesn't get any better than that. Um, I've never lacked anything good as a result of learning to follow God as best I can. I think the only times I've ever experienced any kind of lack are when I have willfully failed to follow God's plan. And I'm grateful for the, uh, the pain <laughs> that I experienced when I did, brought me back. So I thank God for learning this. Thank God for the help of practitioners in this church and members along the way that have helped me to learn how to listen for God and how to obey him better. Um, it really is the only thing that satisfies, and I'm so grateful to be learning it here. Good to be with you all. Thank you. Shardell. Good evening. My gratitude tonight is for Christian science and how it reveals the spiritual truths in the Bible, teaching that as the children of God, we are spiritual beings. In our lesson in 1 Peter, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. And Mrs. Eddy teaches us that we are complete, whole, and satisfied. Then in Corinthians 5, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And reconciliation, I looked up and it says, part of it is to be adjusted. And we, we talk about that here in what we read in Science and Health and other articles. God's law of adjustment. That's why Adam H. Dickey. And this is done through Christ Jesus. It is never too late to be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. This is all becoming clear through practitioner support and encouragement. Also, Mrs. Roberts has a post where she talks about reconciliation. Part of it says, quote, God loves all his children and is ever ready for us if we turn with our hearts to him, end quote. Thank you. Thank you. Lil. Thank you for the wonderful readings and the music tonight. 
I had three amazing blessings from God this afternoon at church. After doing a couple of things, I decided I should go home. Then I couldn't find my car key fob. I knew I had put it in my purse, but thought maybe it fell out. I kept knowing nothing is lost in divine mind, so stayed calm. I went back into my purse again, taking things out and searching, and suddenly I found it. I just couldn't stop thanking God so much for guiding me. After driving out of the church parking lot to go home, my phone made the sound that I had gotten a text message. So um, I pulled off the road to see what it was and saw the hymn numbers for tonight's service. Perfect timing so I could go back to church and put them up for the service tonight. Then I called Linda to let her know the first hymn that she would be reading at the service tonight. She answered my call on the second ring. What perfect timing. God is always with us, guiding us in everything we do and need. Thank you. Mary. Good evening, everyone. Um, I have a few things to read tonight. The first from Virginia. Thank all you wonderful members that create and post the daily calendar statements and the other items of interest. I especially love the recorded items and I listen to them most every night. Know that your work is appreciated. And then California. I wanted to express gratitude for the music at our services. While looking for a song on our church website for a friend of mine this morning, I came across the solo from last Sunday entitled Risen, listened and watched the video, and possibly felt like the publican in this week's lesson with tears, or, or I guess that was last week's lesson, with tears of meekness and humility in my heart. For Christ Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy are way showers. An article in the December 1910 journal called the solo by Frederick Root states in part, quote, Plato could find uplifting influence even in the crude beginnings of music, which were known in his day. He says, rhythm and harmony find their way into the secret places of the soul, end quote. The most sincere and reverential tributes to this art, however, are evoked by the contemplation of music as a part of worship as expressive of man's relations to God. Martin Luther says, next to theology, I give music the highest place and honor. And again, it is one of the most magnificent and delightful presents God has given us. Beethoven has said that music should kindle the divine flame in the human mind. And he also made this striking remark regarding the composition of sacred music. It is the acme of bliss to approach the throne of deity and thence to diffuse its rays among, among mankind. The music in our services uplifts the soul and inspires with its messages sung. Thank you for the voices that ring out in praise. With much love to my church congregation.
And then this is from Missouri. I was so grateful to hear at a recent roundtable a couple of examples of small Smiley's assessment of the Peel's biographies, many, many negative descriptions of Mrs. Eddy. I had just finished typing those sections of his book, which is called In Defense of Mary Baker Eddy and, the, and of Her Remnant Seed, and, and this week came upon even more of his detailed explanations of how Peel repeatedly belittles our forever leader. The comprehensive but not even complete list of Peel's humanizing references being found on pages 147 to 148. Smiley's explanations and uncovering of the subtlety deceptive quote, quotes in Peel's book, Years of Authority, along with other similar comments made by Ralph Cooper, Allison fin Finney, and Stephen Gottschalk, all of whom I had previously been led to believe were advanced Christian scientists to be respected. And so mercilessly, mercilessly to the point and unabashedly scathing, what a breath of fresh air it is to read Smiley's devoted and loving defense of our beloved Mrs. Eddy. We must not be deceived about our leader's true place in Bible, Bible prophecy. And then the definition of deceased, deceived. Swindled, defrauded, cheated, tricked, hoodwinked, duped. I've just now begun an inspiring new practice, which is giving me even more food for thought, going back and listening to pre previous Plainfield Roundtables relating to the same current lesson sermon subject that we are studying each week. They are all so enlightening. There truly are no words to express how grateful I am for the unmatched dedication and devotion to Mrs. Eddy, the clarity of thought, and boundless unself-love that the Plainfield Church members have been expressing and sharing over so many years, and that you have made available to the world online so that we can all benefit from the true, real, genuine, not deceptive Christian science taught, loved, and demonstrated by the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. As Mrs. Eddy teaches us, Honesty is spiritual power. Dishonesty is human weakness, which forfeits divine help, science and health. It is no wonder the organization continues on its downward path, and I thank God for the remnant in Plainfield, with much gratitude to God for his unfailing guidance in all things, great and small. And then this testimony, which I guess I'll end with. This is from Virginia. I have fa a family member who has been struggling with a difficulty. For a number of months now, my mother has been tempted with a physical challenge that is not easy to hide and can cause intense pain from time to time. She understands that she could have surgery, but she repeatedly refuses to go down that route. She has had many healings in her life as a result of Christian science and has found that the results are more satisfactory than with medical care, especially long-term. The other day, however, my father called to ask if I could drive over to where they were to be there with him in case he needed some help, as my mother didn't appear to be doing very well. Normally he would be fine, but he too had been struggling with a physical difficulty and felt he could use some help. My, my father is a retired orthopedic surgeon 
a surgeon who has been very supportive of my mother's study of Christian science. He has seen what a good treatment can do. This time, however, things were so bad he was feeling helpless and frightened. He wanted to take her to the hospital, but she said she had no faith in what they could do for her. He called a practitioner, and then he called me. I packed my bag and started out the door. I would, as I was leaving, I told my husband, who was standing in the kitchen looking a little worried, that I was grateful that my mother had a choice. I was glad that the members of our family, who were not practicing Christian scientists, were, re were respecting these choices. I stated that the science was powerful and could help. My husband understood that I wanted to be there to support them either way, whatever they decided. I called a practitioner at Plainfield who agreed to support me in my prayers about the situation. And as I drove along the highway, I was so inspired by the words of Bicknell Young in his article, God is Individual Consciousness. The Plainfield practitioners often suggested that I study. Two and a half hours later, when I arrived, Dad was relaxed and informed me that Mother was resting peacefully, no more pain and discomfort. I spent the next 24 hours with them. I fixed some dinner for all of us, and we watched college basketball. We all got a good night's sleep, and after breakfast and a happy visit, I returned home. My sister called me a couple of days later and told me that she had had a good conversation with Mom. She commented that Mother sounded better on the phone than she had in years. I responded, yes, isn't that wonderful? This confirmed to me that when we pass through the fire, we are truly purified in one way or another. As Mrs. Eddy writes on page 66 of Science and Health, sorrow has its rewards. Reward. It never leaves us where it found us. The furnace separates the gold from the dross that the precious metal may be graven with the image of God. In this circumstance, it was the experience of pain that had its reward. Whatever suffering we experience, we can know that it has no power to hurt us and that it never leaves us where we found us. I was able to share with my mother something I heard on the audio I've been listening to in the car. And this is Bicknell Young. Quote, mortal mind has no law. It cannot produce any effect for it is not cause. Anger or resentment could not make man sick, for God made him well. We have dominion of God. The divine mind takes hold of the situation, and it changes the condition. End quote. I am so grateful for all that I am learning and for, and for the support and encouragement provided by the Plainfield Christian Science Church with their roundtables, Bible studies, website, and practitioners. So I just say that I'm so grateful to be here tonight. Such beautiful readings. Thank you very much for those and inspiring testimonies and the beautiful music. It is a, a night of inspiration. I'm so glad to be with you all. Thank you. To close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 190. My God, my Father, make me strong when tasks of life seem hard and long. To greet them with this triumph song, thy will be done. Hymn number 190.